welcome. Nice to see you all. Why is no one sitting in the front row? So Dale's the only brave one in, in the room. There's a spray zone. Oh, sorry, I didn't realize I spat. I'm sorry. Well, thanks, Some at least someone told me. That's, I like people who tell it how it is. Speaking of which, we're gonna be looking at um, scriptures tonight. So thanks, Chris, for sharing from Romans uh, chapter 10. So Romans 10 verse nine, beautiful verse. Um, uh, we're going to be looking at a few different verses, and um, we're kind of coming to the end now of our series on purpose. So who feels like they've got a purpose in life now? Like if you didn't have one to start with, you know, like it, it's a little bit more detailed and, um, you know, there's a plan involved. Okay, so um, so join with me. Uh, we'll, we'll put up on the screen so that you can uh, follow along with me. Our purpose is to glorify God by loving God and others growing in our relationship with him and declaring his truth through the power of the Holy Spirit. Wow, you guys sound so excited when you share that. <laughs> but, but you're actually, over the last, I don't know, six weeks, seven weeks, we've actually been doing um, declaring. Tonight, I want to talk about declaring his truth through the power of the Holy Spirit. In fact, all of, the, all of the purpose statement, glorifying God, loving God, loving others, growing in our relationship with him and declaring his truth are all done through the power of the Holy Spirit. Bye, Sarah. <laughs> That's fun. By, by de, uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, we're wasting our time if we're not going to co-labor with God in his purpose for our life. Like all of us, yeah, all of us, have been created on purpose for a purpose. God created you on a purpose, for a purpose. You're alive because he wants you alive. You're in this place because he wants you in this place. He loves you and he's got a plan for each one of your lives. And you're created to give him glory, to bring glory to him. He made you in his image. Tonight I want to talk about declaring. I feel like I need to declare some things, but we'll, we'll get there later. But... Um, Romans 10 verse 9 says, if you declare, if you believe in your heart, sorry, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. All right? That's, that's the gospel. That's the good news. Is that all you need to do to be saved is to declare with your mouth that Jesus Christ is the Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the grave. In other words, Jesus died for your sins, he was buried, he rose again to deal with your sin. If you believe that, guess what? You're saved. You're saved. Now that word saved is a wonderful, wonderful word. It doesn't actually mean that you've crossed over the line. Now a lot of the times in churches we have this kind of mentality and pastors, I know I'm a pastor, I get with other pastors, um, but we, we get this idea that you know we've got to get the riffraff that don't come to church, right? Not you, the other people. We've got to get them over this imaginary line. Like, you know, they're, they're, either, a, they're either a follower of Jesus or they're not. You know, there's this line. We've got to get them crossing the line. And we've got to get them to tick certain things off before we can say whether they cross the line or not. This wonderful word for saved that is used in the Bible, and we have salvation only through Jesus, is actually a beautiful word that means more than just crossing a line. It means actually being delivered and rescued 
It means actually being in a safe place. It means having your sins forgiven. It means being saved from eternal hell into eternal life. But it's more than that. It's, it's about being delivered on a continual basis. The, the New Testament often sort of refers to the idea of, you know, I was saved, I'm being saved, and I will be saved. It's salvation. Now, declaring his truth is what you and I have been designed for. It's our purpose to do that, each and every one of us. It's not just the, the pastor's job. Each and every one of you have been designed to declare his truth. Now, it's his truth. It's his truth. What he says is true about a thing. Now, Hands up if you know. Actually, don't put your hands up because it's a trick question. There's a difference between what's true and what's truth. Like the Christians are not in their heads in the room. There's a difference between what's true, like what's the facts, and what's truth. So a beautiful verse that Jesus, that I can quote that Jesus said is, uh, he said this, he said a fact, right? He said a truth. He said something that's true. In this world, this is, this is, uh, in this world, you will have trouble. And then he gave a truth. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Now, when did he say that? Before the cross or after the cross? Before the cross. He made a declaration. He declared truth before it happened. Now, each one of you have the ability to declare truth. Proverbs 18 verse 21 says, in your mouth, your mouth has the ability to bring life or death. It's sad. The words that we speak over people, the words that we declare over people, including ourselves, have the ability in them to bring life to dead situations or to encounter living situations and bring death. We all have that ability. We all have that ability. I know, I look, I'm all about speaking life, but I'm not perfect. Uh, if you are perfect, you have a tight rein on your tongue. But look, I'm sure I'm not the only one who sometimes said something that has brought death into a situation, whether, I, whether there's anyone in the room or not. You know, whether I've spoken something over myself that might be true, but it's not what God would say is truth. So I might say, oh, okay, here's, here's an example. A friend of mine, Mary, she is in her last days and she will die soon. But the truth is, oh, that's true, by the way, that's true. But the truth is, Jesus is the resurrection and the life. And she has eternal life in him, even though she dies. So true, she dies. But truth is, she lives. So you Christians are weirdos. Like to say you're going to lead, you actually have to serve. To gain stuff, you've got to give it up. <laughs> to give up things, you gain things. 
We have to start speaking words of life. We have the ability to start speaking words of life. Now, I understand this declaring his truth, our purpose as a church, declaring his truth, this, this, in, this contains and, and, and pretty much means evangelism, right? Sharing the gospel with people, right? Speaking of words of life, declaring words of life over people. You know what? Hey, you know what? Yeah, you might be struggling in sin right now, but Jesus can set you free. Speaking words of life, declaring his truth, evangelism, sharing the gospel. That's one aspect of declaring his truth. Jesus entered every situation he came to and he spoke truth. He spoke truth into every situation, whether he could see it or not with his eyes, whether anyone else could see it or not with their eyes. Whatever he said was truth. In fact, Jesus said in John 14, verse 6, anyone know what that is? I am the way, the truth, the life. So he, if you want to know, if, if, if you're going through a situation in life where you're not sure what the next step is, so hand, no, no hands up. You might be in a space right now where you're confused about what to do next. You know, it might be, might be moving house, might be moving jobs, might be moving partners. Don't look at them right now. It wouldn't be that. But you might be confused about what to do next, right? But, and, and you might be sort of, sort of thinking, okay, what's the way, Lord? What's the way? Which way should I go? This way or this way? That's, it's true that you're confused and it's, and, it's, and it's hard to know which way to go. But the truth is what you need to be declaring. Jesus, I thank you that whichever way I go, you are the way. No matter which way you go, he's the way. I remember talking to someone once um, at our old church in Queensland and really great guy, really Australian fella. He would wear thongs to church. I wish I could wear thongs and shorts and a t-shirt to, sh to church, but I feel like, you know, I shouldn't. But he would do that. And uh, I thought this guy would be great for a men's ministry to get, you know, get the men together and encourage them and, you know, go have a barbecue somewhere, go fishing, organize some trips, that sort of thing. I thought, oh, Mick would be fantastic for that. Anyway, Mick comes up to me after a service one, one uh, Sunday and he says, Ian, that was a fantastic message. Hey, I've got a question for you. I'm like, yeah, sure. What is it, Nick? He said, well, not sure if we should be moving up further north in Queensland or staying here. And I thought, oh, no. Like my heart says, trust God. My flesh was saying, stay here right now. But he said, I'm not sure which way to go. Which, what do you think? And I said, well, what do you think? He said, well, I don't know. I want to go where God wants me to go. And I said, okay, well, Mick, are you willfully sinning right now? He's like, no, nah, not that I know of. Are you praying and reading your Bible every day? Yeah. Like with others as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're in a relationship with God right now? Yeah. <laughs> well, which way do you want to go? Do you want to go north or do you want to stay here? He said, well, I think we should go north. I'm like, well, go north. <laughs> go north. Why not? You know, Jesus is the way. Is, do, do what you like, but as long as Jesus is, 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 is central to everything. Um. He is the way, he is the truth, he is the life. Now, this is not a um, name it and claim it sermon, all right? Got to, I meant to say that up straight, straight up front. Sometimes um, you can go around in Christian circles and, um, you know, you, you hear that name it and claim it. Anyone ever heard that? Like, you know, if you want something, you just go, well, that Lamborghini right now is going to be mine in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Just tack that on, you know, and it's just, it's going to be mine, that Lamborghini. Doesn't always work. 
probably actually does worse. <laughs> um, but this is, this is a sermon to encourage you to know that you do have a part on your face that can actually create things, not just in your life, but in other people's lives around you as well. I've been declaring things over my children for a long time. They probably don't even know it, but I have been. And I continue to do it, uh, even in their presence. Um, you give your children nicknames, like sweetheart, when their hearts aren't so sweet when they're little. You know, you, sweetheart, sweetheart. You're going to be a sweetheart when they grow up. Guess how God created? Turn with me to Genesis chapter 1. If you've got your Bibles, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty and darkness covered the deep waters and the spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. Then he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness night. And evening passed and morning came, marking the first day. I was going to read that there. Do you notice the pattern? In fact, there's a bit of a pattern throughout the rest of the chapter. Not completely clear cut, clean cut, but pretty close. Before God ever calls something something, he declares it. Every single day God created something, it says, and God said. And then it says, and God saw. And then sometimes God does something and he declares that it's good or it's very good. And then he gives it a name or something. Go down with me to um, verse 26. Verse 26 of Genesis 1. Uh, then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth and the small animals that scurry along the ground. We try, don't we? <laughs> we try to rule over them. Uh, verse 27. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. It's interesting how God created. Because in the next chapter, he doesn't create human beings by speaking them out. He creates the earth by speaking it out. And then he grabs the earth and creates human beings. Well, in fact, the first one, a man. And then he grabs the man and he creates a woman. But it all started with God doing what? Declaring, declaring. And Jesus said this, out of the overflow of a man's heart, the mouth speaks. And so in Romans 10, 9, where it says, if you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and declare with your mouth that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You actually enter into that new relationship with God that was broken at the Garden of Eden. You enter into that wonderful new relationship where you are now not just created by God and designed by him on a, for, for a purpose on purpose, but he actually comes into you and helps you to change from the inside out and bring life, creative life, to the world around you as well. 
Now, it might not be true that you are prospering, but it's truth in Christ. We have, we have received all the riches that we need in Christ. I had a friend once who would say, I am set free, debt free, healed and anointed. Praise God. In Christ. At the back table there, before you leave, make sure you grab one of those. Uh, I've got a little uh, leaflet there. And there are all these statements from the scriptures. Who am I in Christ? In Christ, I'm saved. I'm loved. I'm chosen. I'm not lonely. You know, I'm. Check it out. Grab one. Put it in your Bible and declare that over yourself each and every day. Because you know what? It's not my words. It's not your words. It's his words. And it's his truth that we need to be declaring. Jesus met people along the way and he declared things over them. And he made disciples. And that's what we should be doing too. Um, A couple more scriptures. Isaiah chapter 56. So while you're turning to Isaiah 56, Jesus gave us a command, gave his disciples a command, the great commission to go out and make disciples, to preach, to proclaim the good news to all creation. Mark 16 verse 15, proclaim the good news to all creation. That involves the part on your face that we call the mouth, the tongue, the lips. There's power in the tongue, power to bring life or power to bring death. In Isaiah 56, and I'll go from verse 3, this is God speaking through the prophet Isaiah to, um, to the world, okay, basically. In verse 3, It says, don't let foreigners who commit themselves to the Lord say, the Lord will never let me be part of his people. And don't let, let, sorry, and don't let the eunuchs say, I am a dried up tree with no children and no future. Now stop there. Verse three, it's true, right? You know what a eunuch is? A eunuch is a person who cannot reproduce because they've been affected outwardly by somebody else. Whether it be for the king's court or for some sort of, you know, job, they can't reproduce. And so it's true that they can't reproduce. But God is saying to the to through Isaiah to tell these people, don't don't let them say Don't let the foreigners who commit themselves to the Lord say the Lord will never let me be part of his people. It's true that they're not part of his people because they're foreigners. But the truth is what God says. And so God says, don't let them say this. Why not? Because once they start saying that, they're speaking it over their own lives. It actually becomes a reality for them. You do that. We do that so many times. You continue to speak words of death over yourself, it becomes a reality. You continue to allow your ears to hear words of death over yourself, words that discourage you, words that disappoint you. You know, music that's not Christian and glorifying to God is a classic example. You know, we get onto social media. What sort of things are going through your ears? 
What sort of things are you allowing to speak into your life? We've got to be careful. And so it's our, our responsibility, I believe, as believers to actually stand in the gap for the people out there who are speaking words against themselves. In fact, it says the Lord will, um, in verse four, it says, for this is what the Lord says. The Lord says, I will bless the eunuchs who keep my Sabbath days holy and who choose to do what pleases me and commit their lives to me. I will give them within the walls of my house a memorial and a name far greater than sons and daughters could, could uh, give. For the name I give them is an everlasting one. It will never disappear. I will also bless the foreigners who commit themselves to the Lord, who serve him and love his name, who worship him and do not desecrate the Sabbath day of rest and who hold fast to my covenant. I will bring them to my holy mountain of Jerusalem and I will fill them with joy in my house of prayer. I will accept their burnt offerings and sacrifices because my temple will be called a house of prayer for all nations. That's so beautiful. I know this is Old Testament stuff, but it's really speaking about the coming of Christ where, where, where it's God's plan for his church to be a place where all nations are welcome, to pray, to connect with God, to pray. And, so, and, the, and most of the time, the things that get in the way of us connecting with God are, well, I'm not good enough or I'm not like those people or I'll never be like those people. And, uh, and the words we speak over us are like the, like the foreigners and the eunuchs. Let's be careful what comes out of our mouths. It might be true, but what's the truth? What does God say about me? What does God say about that person? Now, while you're in Isaiah, um, let's go back to Isaiah 35, which is one of my favorite passages. Isaiah 35 and verse 3. With this news, strengthen those who have tired hands and encourage those who have weak knees. Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong and do not fear. For your God is coming to destroy your enemies. He is coming to save you say to those with fearful hearts be strong and do not fear recently last year i went to a soccer game and one of the coaches on the sideline he was extremely aggravated he was very very angry and i did the wrong thing i, I was i was standing on this sideline leaning against the fence and i said calm down mate that's not the right thing to say to someone who needs to calm down apparently. Luckily for me, I was on the other side of the fence and there were referees and things involved. Um, and that's all I said. I didn't say, you know, it wasn't angry or anything. I'm just like, calm down, mate. Because he needed to calm down. But he wasn't listening. <laughs> so I'm thinking, when I'm reading this, I'm thinking, say to those with fearful hearts, be strong and do not fear. If Hands up if you've ever been afraid And someone just says to you, don't be afraid. Does it help? No. no, it doesn't really, does it? But we have to do that. We have to declare it. We have to bring that. We have to speak that over them. Don't be afraid. 
Be strong. Do not fear. Why? For your God is coming to destroy your enemies. He is coming to save you. It's talking about Jesus. Because it goes on in verse 5. And when he comes, he will open the eyes of the blind and unplug the ears of the deaf. Are they blind? Fact. True. Yes. What's the truth? He heals them. Are they deaf? Are they blind? Yes. But he heals them. Verse 6. The lame will leap like a deer and those who cannot speak will sing for joy. Springs will gush forth in the wilderness and streams will water the wasteland. And it all starts with someone saying, do not fear. God's saved you. Don't be afraid. It all comes down to perspective. You'd be surprised what your words of life can actually bring into someone's life, into someone's generations after them. Declaring his truth is more than just evangelism. It's more than just telling someone they're a sinner and they need saving. It's actually speaking words of life over somebody. And you watch the doors open as you continue to do that. The world needs more Christians who are out there declaring God's truth over people, regardless of what's true in their situations, regardless of what the doctors, you know, tests come back as. What's What's truth? What's God's truth in this? And ultimately, Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. But I want to encourage you tonight. I don't know where you are at. I'm not sure where you are at. But in Romans 10 verse 8, it says this. In fact, it says the message is very close at hand. It's on your lips and in your heart. And that message is the very message about faith that we preach. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it is by confessing with your mouth that you are saved. You might have crossed the line by believing in your heart. You have that righteousness that, that God alone gives because of your faith in his grace. And you cross that line and you're, and, and you're righteous because of your belief in your heart. But how about we continue on that in our Christian walks and confess with our mouth. Confess with our mouth. It actually, that word confess with your mouth means actually in, in the Greek, I love doing that to you guys. It actually means coming together in agreement over a spoken word. So in other words, if God says something about a certain thing, who am I to say something different? So how about we agree with God what he says about people, how he sees situations in life? I mean, we might come to situations and go, well, that's not God. How about we ask God what he thinks about that? Because a cross looks like the end, but it's just the beginning. A grave looks like the end, but it's just the beginning when it comes to Jesus being the Lord. So let's believe in our hearts. Let's believe in our hearts, but let's, let's not leave it there. Let's what, let us let 
what is in our hearts overflow to the world around us, declaring that Jesus is Lord. And that everything's okay because he loves us and he's made us for a purpose, on purpose. He has a plan for us. Let's declare good things. Grab that, grab that list at the back before you go and start declaring that over your life. I am a child of God. I am dearly loved. I am set free. I am healed and anointed. What I look like in the, in the doctor's report or in the mirror might be totally different, but the truth is what God says, and it's an eternal truth that lasts forever. Like my friend Mary, she'll pass away. That's true. But the truth is she actually will live forever. It's wonderful, isn't it? Now be careful, life or death, when we open our mouths. But the pilot of your mouth is your heart. So let's pray. I want to pray a blessing upon you. And uh, I need a blessing too from the Lord to uh, help me to govern my heart. So Father God, we just thank you so much that you have given us the great responsibility to live on purpose, to glorify you, to represent you, to represent you to the world around us. But also, Lord, that we might uh, live for you in, in your plan, in your design, that we might create with our words create life with our words, Lord, create things with our words, Lord, declaring what you've already spoken about certain situations, even before we can see them, Lord, because it aligns with what you've already said in your word. But we, we need your Holy Spirit to fill our hearts, to keep us on track, to keep us in, in step with your Holy Spirit, to keep us in faith with you, Lord, as well. And so, Lord, fill us afresh with your Holy Spirit. Lord, search our hearts Find if there's anything that's not right, Lord. And help us, Lord God, to overflow from our hearts words of life to the people in our lives, including ourselves, this week and for the rest of our lives. We pray this for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen.